0: and proposal emails and so much more. All you gotta do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're gonna send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're gonna get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening, you're awesome. Hey, hey, what's up, Fringe Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome- episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series, because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business, business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Mary Alice Goldsmith. I am the director of student success here at the speaker lab. And today it is my great honor to take over the speaker lab podcast and introduce you to some of our amazing students. I promise you are going to learn a ton from their experiences. You're going to be inspired with how their perseverance and their success. And I know that you're going to love every ounce of today's episode because I'm going to introduce you to one of our rock star students. I know I say that a lot, but it's really true. (laughs) Dana
0: Knowles.
1: (laughs) Uh, Dana came to us back in April and just came in like a wrecking ball. She has just been crushing it following the program exactly as designed and has been reaping the benefits. And it's been such an honor for me personally to be able to have coached you the whole way through. It's been awesome. So welcome, Dana. So glad to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited.
2: I love hearing all the great things you're saying about me. It really, you know, gets my juices flowing. And I'm just thrilled to share my experience, uh, what it's like to be a student at the Speaker Lab, and then what kind of good things I have going on.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. So let's start with what you do. What's your experience and what brought you to actually speaking? Well,
2: I have been, I've always loved public speaking. Most people, I don't know if most people like it, but my favorite class in high school was speech class. And I was in school plays. I just, I kind of guess I like being the center of attention. So so that's what I, um, you know, that's what I really fell in love with. And then I always had this in the back of my head. I want to be a public speaker. So there's been times over the past 20 years that I've been asked to share my experience with different groups or organizations, but I never really thought that I you know, could I do this for a living? Could I could I get paid to speak because these were non-paid speaking gigs and I didn't even realize that I was being groomed to be a speaker. And the more I did it, the more of a rush it was Speaking itself is a rush, right? When Mm -hmm. you get up there and everything just flows really good and you know you're grabbing the audience's attention, but it's the aftermath of when people come up and say, wow, I really liked when you said this. And sometimes I don't even remember saying it, but I, I love that feeling that I was able to touch people with my story and my experience. And then I happened upon the Speaker Lab probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant doing his YouTube, you know, on YouTube and uh-huh. started listening and then really got interested in, can I do this? You know, at, by this time I had a little bit more experience speaking at different, different um, venues, different events, doing different, <clears throat> doing different kind of talks. And um, then I just bit the bullet in April and said, I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. What, what made you bite the bullet? Like, I mean, I, I know you just touched on the fact that you've You've spoken, you've been, you know, you kind of said, quote unquote, I've been groomed for this. Tell us more about that, that grooming process, the experience of speaking, what, what made you finally say, you know what, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to actually do this and become a professional speaker.
2: Well, it's funny that you should ask that because one of my talks is reinventing ourselves no matter what. Mm. Uh, because we always, so many of us, and I'm sure I, like many other people have this little gnawing voice in the back of our head saying, you could do this, you should do this, or you really want to do this in the dreams and the fantasies of, you know, being in front of an audience of a hundred or probably the biggest audience I ever spoke to was 500. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, always having that little voice in the back of my head. And I got sick and tired of hearing the voice, but ignoring it,
1: Mm -hmm. hearing the
2: voice, but ignoring it. And for years, and I finally said, you know what? Okay. All right. Already. I hear you. Like, you know, you know, I kind of get sometimes like my brain is like this Chinese tourist bus and there's all these people talking in it. And, you know, you say to somebody, okay, thank you for sharing. Now please step to the back of the bus and let somebody else share for a minute. Well, this one and I'm using this as an analogy, I'm not like a psychopath or anything, you know, but this analogy of, you know, this voice kept saying, Dana, you need to do this. Dana, you can do this. And I kept pushing it back and pushing it back. And finally, I just said, I'm done. Okay. All right. Already. I give in, I surrender. I'm going to do this. And I do know from experience that, having someone to guide me along the path who've already already has been down that path, they've paved Mm -hmm. the way for me. And I know that's of vital importance uh, so that I don't make the mistakes and the stumbles and the roadblocks that make any timely mistakes or costly mistakes. And so why not go to the people who have already been there like the
1: speaker lab? Yeah. But I mean, you had to make that decision. So you're bringing up such a really excellent point because there's there's hundreds of thousands of people listening to this podcast going yeah I have that voice inside my head but 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 right and they have all the buts and all the what ifs and shoulda coulda wouldas and all of that so what do you let me ask it this way do you think it was valuable that you waited like I I'm a big believer that you know time kind of works itself out. Mm -hmm. But do you Mm -hmm. do you have any regret of not going sooner? Or do you think that just the time was right? So for people who are sitting there going, I don't know, I don't know, like that voice is in my head, too. What would you say to them about that voice in their head?
2: I'm kind of a no nonsense type person when you know, when I really got down to what, what is stopping me from not going forward with my speaking career? First and foremost, I'll be honest, it was the money. You know, mm-hmm. do I want to invest the money in the in a coaching program, and do I have the money to invest? You know, a couple of years ago when I did call, you know, that was a little bit of pricey for me, but at least I knew what it was, and then I had a goal, and then it was the fear of actually maybe maybe I'll be successful.
1: Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah.
2: So there was talk about that got, a little bit more. Yeah, when I got really honest with myself and said what, I do a lot of self-talk, like what's really going on? There's many times that I just have to sit quietly and say, okay, what's really going on? And it's usually fear. We're scared of, you know, I'm scared of something and I'm either scared of the financial commitment. Am I really going to get what I'm paying for? I mean, I know I have to do the work. I know that that's, there's no doubt. Nobody's going to do it for me. Um, But it was finally I just overcame that fear and said, I'm going to do this. And something I always say is that I like to kind of look into the future when I'm God willing and the creek don't rise. Like they say that I'm, you know, 85 years old or 90 years old and I'm sitting on my rocking chair on my front porch watching the world go by. Not a care in the world. I don't want to have those regrets of saying, boy, I wish I would have got mm-hmm. trained in speaking. I wish I would have. I don't want to ha- I don't I don't want to have regrets when I'm 90 years old. So that yeah. was a big push for me to just just do it. Just yep. do it and put all those fears off to the side and just do it. And I'm glad I did. And timing was right. I think everything happens in time, but I could have procrastinated forever and not done anything.
1: No, and I think a lot of people could fall into that.
2: Yeah, and was I really ready? If I wait till I'm ready, I'm never <laughs> going to do it. Anything if I wait till yeah. I'm ready, right? We have to just do it through the fear.
1: I mean, you bring up a couple of really excellent points there, right? You bring up the financial commitment, you bring up the the mindset that needs to be adjusted, and you know the mm-hmm. fear. So, um, I think people who are listening that are that have that voice in the back of their mind, you know, um, I love how you did the phone call. You knew how much it was. And so you made it a goal Mm -hmm. and then you honored that goal and you signed up and here you are in that, in that pro in our booked and paid to speak elite program. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, I, I want to be a speaker too. Like, I know I can do this, set that goal, lean into the fear. And eventually you're going to be on a stage Mm -hmm. being like, I did it.
2: I had to stop coming up with excuses, excuses of why I can't do it excuses mm-hmm. of why I can't get coaching, excuses of why I can't be a speaker. And there were come, came a point when I was all out of excuses and it was just BS, you know, and I just made the phone call and said, let's do it. And I knew, you know, and time is because it's a commitment. It's, sure. you know, the, it's a six month commitment. So making sure that I had the time to commit to it because why, you know, I looked at it like taking a college course. I'm taking a college course on how to become a professional speaker. So if I was going to take a course at a local community college or university or something, I wouldn't pay for it and then not show up and not do the work. It's the same exact thing. So Mm -hmm. I just looked at it like that. I'm, I'm paying for the course. I'm going to do everything they tell me to do. And I know Because you guys know at the speaker lab, you know, you have the plan set out. You know what works and what doesn't work. And as long as I follow your lead, there's no reason why I shouldn't be successful.
1: You touched on something before, um, which I think we don't talk about enough. And that's like the fear of success. Mm -hmm. What happens if I'm successful? Talk a little bit more about how that was also kind of battling this voice inside of your head. Well,
2: I think because we don't, because in the speaking career, I don't know what success is (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: I haven't been there yet. So, you know, when I signed up for the speaker lab, naturally I started to research speakers and it's so easy to find the big, the bigger than light speakers. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of scary to think, you know, being on a stage with 5,000 people or 10,000 people. Um, and, Do I really want that? Because I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting into because I've never done it. It's a fear of the unknown. But, you know, we learn how to scale, when to scale. I know that Grant talks a lot in his podcast about, you know, you got to take time out. You got to say no. You can't be running all over the country like a crazy person, you know, saying yes to everything because you have to have your family and you're, you know, you have to run the business. And I just don't, I didn't let the fear of success stop me from taking the first step because see, I'm not there yet. I'm not at Mm -hmm. success yet. I'm not, I mean, I am, I'm having some success and see success to me and success to somebody else might be two different things. Success to me is I have a goal and I'm working towards achieving that goal. I'm an inventor. So I invented a product. It's on the market. I ha- I'm i a success. Am I making a million dollars? No, but my goal was to get a life, to get a, a product out to the masses on the market. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And now well, my what goal- What is the product? Share the, oh, product? Share the product. I invented a hanging shower caddy. Nothing sexy, nothing life-changing, yeah, but I did, did it, it and it's been on the market for two years. And I license it to a company and I collect royalties for at least the next three years or maybe five years or maybe 10 years, however long the product's on the market. So it's being sold. Awesome. A lot of, lot of online catalogs It's doing really well. So yeah, that's, that's awesome.
1: Do you, how, how has that helped you make this decision to become a oh, speaker?
2: Well, I actually... Um, had a coach. I went through a program. The company is called InventRight, and Mm -hmm. they are a lot like the speaker lab. If somebody wants to learn how to take a product to market and license it, they do the same thing. They they pair you up with a coach. They have all kinds of videos and live Zoom meetings, and you follow the direction, this 10-step process to get your product, to get a licensing contract to license your idea. So, so we can collect royalties. Mm -hmm. Well, so when I signed up and you know this Mary Alice from being my coach, when I signed up with the speaker lab, I don't think we had a conversation that I didn't compare it, the speaker lab process to invent right process. So Mm -hmm. I had a really good idea of what it was like to have a coach, how much work I was going to have to put into it, how I was going to have to follow direction. Um, but I need to tell everybody, I am a huge procrastinator, but I don't know if you've ever heard the term, I'm a procrastin achiever. I will procrastinate and then always achieve the goal like right at the eleventh hour. Uh, mm. But that's what is so important. I'm kind of segueing into coaching because you, Mary Alice, the speaker lab, uh, have kept me accountable without having somebody to be accountable to. I would never be this far. No way, no how, because I would say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow turns into a week and a month and three months down the road. And I have nothing. So when having a having a coach and that's where my pride and my ego comes in. I don't want to get on a call with you and say I didn't do anything.
1: People who have not experienced coaching mm-hmm. and they want to be a speaker, they don't realize that, you know, they kind of gloss over the the coaching. And mm-hmm. many of our students who go through the Elite booked and paid to speak program or any of our offerings always come out saying the coaching was so profound. So you're you're really bringing up a great point here.
2: Well, and when we do anything that's new, Like, although speaking on a stage is not new to me, building a business around speaking is new. There has never been a question that I, that I've asked you that you didn't have the answer for, or you would say, I will find that answer out for you. And so I don't look at it like you're not my sole coach. I have the whole speaker lab team behind mm-hmm. me to help me and coach me along the way. And there's something it's called the mastermind group. When mm-hmm. we're around other people, it's kind of like that law of attraction, that vibe. You know, mama always said, you hang around with those people. You're going to be like those people, right?
1: Yeah. I don't well, know. My, my mother mom always did, said, my, my mom mother. said, birds of a feather flock together.
2: And that's, <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth. So I, I knew that it was important for me to be around other like-minded people. Just like when I did the inventing, it was important for me to be around like-minded people.
1: And I, it was funny because on one of our coaching calls, you're like, I would love, I love listening to the podcast and hearing all the success, but I would love to listen to just the regular everyday students. And so here you are, are. (laughs) not that you're a regular everyday student, but You know what I mean? Like the students that are in the trenches.
2: Yeah, it's great to listen to the people who are successful, and I love all the podcasts that you guys do. And I can, I've learned so much from every single one. There wasn't one that came on that I didn't learn something from. But I can't quite relate to them yet. You know, they're doing fifty gigs a year, or you know, seventy-five, or a hundred. I mean, some of them are like, holy cow, are they ever even home? You know. (laughs) And so I really love hearing people that are kind of at my level in that first four months, five months, what are they doing? How are they getting started? So then I don't feel like I'm this little person trying to tread water and everybody else is all successful because we talked about this a bit, watching other speakers. And I just said to you, the last time we met, I have to stop comparing myself to other speakers. That can really stunt my growth. And I just have to focus on me and be true to me and be who I am and not try to emulate them and be like them. Just be me.
1: Yeah. That's so, it's so important. Again, you're bringing up you know a great point because a lot of people may want to be a speaker, but they won't go for it because they think, well, geez, it probably took Tony Robbins a hundred years to get there. Like, how am I ever going to get there? Right. And it, you don't need to be Tony Robbins. You just need right. to be you. Um, and it might be better, you know, it could be, could be better than Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's that's so important. In fact, in one of the modules, the very first module, when you have to clarify your expert positioning statement and validate your expert positioning, students were researching other people in their industry and feeling very inferior. It just seems like such a big mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. So we've changed it to find people that you aspire to be like. So if it's Tony Robbins, that's great. What What do you love about him? Or what don't you love? What would you do the same? What would you do different? And it, it puts a different perspective on, you're not comparing yourself now, you're aspiring. And I think we need to think about that when we're looking at people who are 20, 1,000, 10,000 steps ahead of us. It's okay to admire them and aspire to be like them, but that doesn't mean it needs to squash who you are and mm-hmm. where you are. I think that's so important to remember. And I
2: think too, that I I know realistically in my mind that time takes time Mm -hmm. and we have to start somewhere and then we grow and we grow and we grow. And it may take two to three to five years for me to get where I think that I want to be where I think Mm -hmm. that I want to be.
1: Yeah, I like that.
2: (laughs) Where I think that I want to be. You know, my goal is to not travel around the world speaking every weekend and going from this gig to that gig. My goal is to, you know, do maybe 20 speaking gigs a year. I'm fortunate I live near the Washington, D.C. area. So I also live near Baltimore and I live near Pittsburgh and I live near Philadelphia and I live near New York City. So I have a pretty wide range that I can drive to in a day. But I know it's going to happen slowly and kind of organically. I'm going to push it as much as I can, but I also am not going to drive myself crazy. And I'm going to do the work. And I know it's a numbers game. I know we talked about when we start to reach out to people, we got our, I call it a hit list of companies, because that's what I call it in the inventing world is your hit list, hit list of events or event planners or whatever. And I know it's going to take time. And I know that Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get a lot of responses. And I know that I'm going to get some responses. And I know that I might not get paid for some things. And right now I'm just in the let's get the experience. So I have something to show to a potentially bigger event.
0: Hey friends! do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps to help me to grow a seven figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid and Building Your Platform. Whether you wanna speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide, learn from my mistakes, get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you wanna read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker.
1: So let's talk about that a little bit more, because I think this is also another thing that comes up for speakers. It's like, I go through the course, I, I've invested this money, and now I'm a professional speaker. And, and there we have some students who draw a harsh line, like they will not speak at any events unless they're paid for it. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? And when, when would you say yes to an unpaid? And when would you not say yes to an unpaid?
2: Right now, I will say yes to anything. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why is that? I don't know if I should have said that right now, but I, well, because I want the experience. For me, it's all about network. Who you know makes all the difference in the world. So now if somebody asked me to come and speak, even if it was on my dime and I had, I mean, I probably wouldn't get on a plane and fly. But if I could drive to Pittsburgh or drive to Philly or drive to Baltimore, drive to Washington, D.C., I would do that for free because I would want to start to network with those key players in there because that that's going to help me in the long run. It's Mm -hmm. not an immediate gratification if I'm getting a check in my hand. I know somewhere along the line, me networking and being with those people are going to pay off down the line because I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to look professional. I'm going to talk professional. I'm going to do everything I can possibly do. I'll tell you a quick story. Usually bad decisions make good stories. This was not a bad decision. I got asked to speak on a virtual platform for a nonprofit out in California. The woman found me on, LinkedIn, read my profile, went to my website, read my website, said, and it was about domestic violence. I was homeless in 1997. I was in a domestic violence shelter. So we go on the Zoom, you know, meeting, they're doing breakout sessions. So I wasn't speaking yet, but I could go to whatever breakout session I wanted. There was five, supposed to be five speakers. Four of them I ended up connecting with on LinkedIn, which is great. I, I went into this one breakout room and the speaker that was supposed to be there never showed up. I mean, he never showed up for the whole event. So there was this dead silence for probably, what, 30 seconds? Because the moderator didn't know what to do she's waiting for this guy to pop on. And I just said to her, so what's the topic? Well, I can speak on that. And I spoke for 20 minutes on that because I I knew this was on domestic violence. So I've experienced domestic violence and homelessness and basically couch surfing, living almost on the street. I mean, I've experienced alcoholism and drug addiction and prostitution and you name it. I was living it out there. So, when I reinvented myself, got clean, got sober, and decided to reinvent myself and really take charge of my life, there's kind of not a topic in the domestic violence category that I haven't had experience with because I've been through the whole gamut. I spoke for 20 minutes on the topic. She threw out a couple words at me and I just spoke. Amazing. The guy never showed up. Um, we did. We opened it up for questions and answers from the group. It flowed really easily. In fact, it, it went by so quick when you're doing yeah. something that's so smooth. She came back after the event and couldn't thank me enough. She gave me a great um, review on my LinkedIn page or whatever whatever that is when yeah. people go on and say nice things yeah. about you.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. a review. Yeah. <laughs> testimony. Yeah. You gave
2: me a great review how I just, you know, but those are the type of things that I believe I'm capable of doing. If I, if I yeah. go into an event and somebody doesn't show up, give me a topic, you know, if it's in my topic, I mean, I'm not going to talk about space shuttles or, or <laughs> technology or internet or anything, but because I have the three topics that I talk about, I talk about domestic violence, I talk about inventing and I talk about reinventing ourselves and I entwine Mm -hmm. all of those three topics into one talk with sharing my experience and then sharing with others how they can reinvent yourself doing that thing that's always in the back of your head nagging at you saying one day I'm gonna
1: yeah well thank you for sharing your story like a a quick synopsis but your story is incredible and it really does speak to the fact that it doesn't matter what you've been through it doesn't matter regrets and shame and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that we tend to carry around with ourselves where you are right now if that voice is nagging on you, it's time to pay attention. It's time to wake up to your now Mm -hmm. and stop looking over your shoulder from back when, right? And I think Mm -hmm. you're such a great example of that, that you can reinvent yourself at any given moment. And you could step into your your zone of genius. You could own a space in the speaking industry and you can make an impact. I mean, you went through so much, but look at how you're taking Mm -hmm. that and you're not keeping it to yourself, you're sharing it with the world and making an impact, which is going to lift other women out of that, that chaos and that, mm-hmm. that you know, hopelessness.
2: And it doesn't even matter if we've been through a domestic violence situation or something, we can be imprisoned in our own minds. doing a job that we hate living in a town that we hate
1: relationships too. I mean, relationships.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned over my years from the jump, when I was homeless, I knew deep down inside that I had to start hanging around other like-minded people. That's why I believe programs like the speaker lab invent, right we we hang around with people who are thinking the same as we do and there's something that happens this is going to sound so goofy like magical or something it just does
1: well whatever and- there's this energetic vibe right yeah. it's like you get inspired you get you feel like that all right i'm going to do it i'm going to do it you mm-hmm. know it's like if you're going to go play football you're going to go on to a football team right yeah. if you're going to go work out you go to the gym you're going to go pray, you go to a church. Right. So it's like we put ourselves in the environment of what we're trying to achieve. So it makes Mm -hmm. total sense.
2: Yeah. And I, I just know that it works for me and I know that it can work for other people too. being around other people that are on the same path. Like you guys are on the same, even grants on the same path as me. He's a little Mm -hmm. further along the path. He's over here like you and his whole team is over here saying, here, take our hand. We will walk you through. But, you know, we also have to remember that the Speaker Lab is a business. And I get Mm -hmm. that. I have my own business. So I get it's a business. I'm not giving tuxedos away for free. (laughs) You know, um, you want my service, you're going to pay me for it. If I want your service, I'm going to pay for it. But what am I going to do with that? Am I going to squander it? Or am I going to take everything that you give me and utilize it? And what I love about this, too, is that you can never take what you teach me away. You can't refund my knowledge. You know, you can't say I'm, you know, okay, we're we're taking all that knowledge back now. Okay. You're not using it. We're taking it all back. That's kind of something that I believe in to learn. You know, a lot of people want everybody to do it for them. And the best way to do it is to learn how to do it ourselves. And I think the biggest downfall is fear and fear comes in a thousand different forms. You know, Mm -hmm. we have the fear of putting our hand on a hot stove that, you know, of course, or walking out in front of a bus. But that internal fear that, you know, I really had to dig deep and say, you know, what's really going on, what's stopping me and get really honest. And when I got really honest, there was nothing stopping me, nothing, you know, making a decision isn't any good unless we put it into action. What's the point of making a decision? I made the decision, put it into action, and then I had to commit and follow through. And I know that for me, I know that big things are going to happen. I know they are because I'm going to make them happen.
1: No, but I think that that's been a theme for you throughout this whole process. You know, like you you show up to your coaching calls, you have questions, you did your due diligence. I know you did the work because you have all the questions about the module or the homework. I often say like, you can't just invest with the credit card. You have right. to invest emotionally and you have to invest with your time. Mm-hmm. And the people that do that, who make this a marathon and not a sprint, I got to get booked. Mm-hmm. I got to get booked. Mm-hmm. I got to get booked. As soon as I hear that, that's a red flag for me. Yeah. If you have to get booked, that means you're not building the foundations of your speaking business. You're just looking mm-hmm. to get booked. I think that is a theme of yours where, what did you call it before? Procrasta Procrastachiever. achiever. achiever. Procrasti- yeah. achiever. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw you as a procrastinator. That is for sure. So that's interesting that you, you labeled yourself that way. But I think if anything, I mean, I remember when you were like, I am not building this HubSpot. I want nothing oh, to yeah. do with it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, you could do the old dinosaur Excel spreadsheet, but God help you, you know? And yeah. I, I, know, I and, and okay. And then let, let me tell everybody too.
2: I don't have a college education. I'm a high school dropout. I yeah. drank and drugged for 20 years. I don't know if I got thrown out of high school or they or I quit. It just depends who you ask. I mean, if you ask me, I quit before they threw uh, me out, but they probably yeah. would come back and say, no, expelled. you're done. Um, and then I went down that road of drugs and alcohol and no college education. Um, and And you don't need a college education. You don't need to be super smart to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to be genuine. You need to be a hard worker. You need to follow through, but you don't need to be smart.
1: Yeah. You don't have to have the intellectual
2: backings. Yeah. No.
1: Because it's a relationship business. It's about making an impact with what you're speaking about. And you do that by building relationships. I think so many people get caught up. And this is something that I know you can definitely speak to. They get caught up with selling themselves. And Mm -hmm. this is not a sales type of thing. You're not pitching yourself. You're pitching an opportunity for people to learn from what you're talking about. So right. talk a little bit more about that. I know like you have experience from the inventing world in mm-hmm. terms of pitching and you had to pitch mm-hmm. a product. So that's a little different oh, Still an opportunity.
2: We just got our website. My website is done. Everything's done. Speaker reel is done. Everything's good. We should have the final so in a exciting. day or two. So I'm super excited because now I get to, now I get to reach out to companies. What I've learned from the inventing, because we have to do the same thing. We have to pitch companies, our sell sheet the same thing. We're. Inst- I'm not pitching myself to a company. I'm pitching the product. product yep. So in the inventing world, I reached out to 83 companies, 26 of them never got back in touch with me. Crickets, nothing. <laughs> 52 of them did get back in touch with me. Two of those 52 wanted to see a prototype and then said no. So the other, you know, they all said no. Company 53 said, yes, I would not. uh, The difference between the people who are successful, and I think this is the same for the speaker, the speaking career, Mm -hmm. people who are successful are the ones that don't quit. People who are unsuccessful in the inventing world, same as speaking, they get five no's or nobody contacts them back. Ah, this doesn't work. This sucks. I'm no good. And I'm, you know, I call it being that polite pest. I'm going to keep reaching out to you until you give me an answer. (laughs) And, And so I'm familiar with pitching and I'm a phone call person. And the only reason I'm a phone call person, I don't mind emails. I can do emails. I can do LinkedIn messages. I'm a phone call person because I am so impatient. I want an answer (laughs) right now. I want to know who I need to talk to. And I want to get in with inventing. We get into companies with speaking. We get into event planners or the person who is Mm in charge of booking that speaker. I'm very impatient. Now that's an asset and a character defect at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, definitely an
1: asset for this, for sure. yeah, Yeah, for this.
2: So that doesn't scare me at all. I'm calling up, picking up the phone all the time with the inventing because I still
1: do that too. You have to have some kind of a belief in, in what you're pitching or in what you're speaking about to have that diligence.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think that the last time I spoke Mm -hmm. and the guy even came up to me and said, I can't believe Joe and Pete stayed. They never stay for the whole thing. (laughs) I'm like, cool. You know, and my ending was like, cool. Nobody left. Nobody fell asleep. I must be doing good, you know? But I spoke at the General Federated Women's Clubs of America State Convention in the summer. And I was speaking about what it's like to live in a homeless shelter because that was their theme for the year was to help sober li- so women sober houses. And so I came in and shared my experience on what it was like to live in, in a house, to be basically homeless and get a, get a fresh start. And in the end, I had them all in tears. That's not what I wanted to do, but I knew at that point, I'm resignating my bad experience. I'm touching the hearts of other people because when they look at me, I'm all cleaned up, the hair's all done, makeup. You know, I'm looking, got a nice dress and I'm looking good. I'm the mayor's wife. (laughs) Gotta throw that in there. We gotta throw that. My husband's the mayor Martinsburg. Martinsburg, West Virginia. Yeah. We are speaking to the first
1: lady of Martinsburg, Virginia. I am the first lady
2: of Martinsburg, which blows my mind still, you know, (laughs) go from homeless whatever to the first lady of Martinsburg. Uh, But they don't, when people look at me now, they can't imagine that I live that kind of life. Sure. So I want people to look, basically don't judge people because you'd never know where they came from or what happened. Mm -hmm. And so when I spoke like that and I touched their hearts and I saw the tissues coming out and the big crocodile tears and all the hugs when I was done, man, that is such a good feeling. So for me too, maybe some people get into speaking because of the money. Now don't get me wrong. I would really like to get paid. It would be really nice to fly to a different state or a different country and get a nice check. But I do it for the love of doing it, for the love of bringing people to tears. Not that I want to make them cry, you know, but no,
1: but moving touch, them, moving them heart. in a
2: way. When I talk about inventing, I take people through my whole journey of inventing, um, all the mistakes I made, everything I did wrong, and then coming to a point where I took a product to market. And they're inspired by that because if I can do it, anybody can do it.
1: I think that's a a really great message to the people who are listening today. You're not that different than anyone, right? We've all, we all have a story. You're special. You're wonderful. But I think these podcasts are so important for students to share their story so that potential students can sit there and say, Mm. well, I mean, if Dana did it, I could do it. Um, And and then knowing that you have access to Dana. In the community, you could ask Dana questions. Yes. Like that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I think something
2: too that really when I started looking at speakers, mm-hmm. everybody writes a book. Everybody, yeah. it seems to me like everybody has a book. And yeah. I'm like, I don't have a book. Okay, I can't do this because I don't have a book. And mm-hmm. then I think I remember it. I like I had that Whoa, light bulb moment. I'm like, wait, I have an invention that's, that's right. on the market. Right. I've been written, I've been mentioned in two books. Yeah, that I do have stuff behind me. To give me credibility, but um, I think that really scared me when I when I started, it seemed like everybody, and I'm sure they haven't.
0: And I'm an advocate
2: for women reinventing themselves, coming back from the depths of hell with drug addiction, alcoholism, prostitution, domestic violence. I've had, I've been married four times. Well, number four is a good one anyway. Yeah. I mean,
1: I I think that's one of those things that make people say, you know, maybe not now because I don't have a book yet. Right. It's like that, that mindset gremlin in the back of their mind saying, oh, you can't speak yet. You don't have that book, you know, but there's plenty of speakers who don't have a book yet. And yeah. maybe they never will have a book and that, that's yeah. okay, right? There's no yeah. rules in terms of that. I think, I
2: think one of the biggest struggles that I had when I first started was finding that topic because I thought, well, I, and I can't talk about everything. But Mm -hmm. I can talk about drug addiction, alcoholism, getting my life back together. I can talk Mm -hmm. about domestic violence. I can talk about inventing. And how can I incorporate those three subjects, those three topics into one talk? Mm -hmm. So I came up with reinventing yourself. How do you reinvent yourself from nothing? Because I had nothing. In 1997, I was living in a woman's shelter. I was homeless. I was digging out of boxes in the basement of the woman's shelter. And I still think I thought I had it going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was a little bit of a flight from reality at that point. Denial is a
1: beautiful thing, you know, sometimes. <laughs>
2: yeah. I, oh, I got it going on. I have no clothes. I'm living in a homeless shelter and I'm wearing church lady clothes. Oh <laughs> anyway, gosh. Thank so, God you could laugh today. You know, so I took those three topics and, and I narrowed it down to reinventing ourselves. You know, I love it. No matter what.
1: I love it. You've been awesome. And I really think I, I'd love for you to end with sharing. What's one piece of advice you would give somebody who's sitting there going, I want to be a speaker, but, 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 but what's one piece of advice you would give them?
2: When I want something bad enough, I will find a way to do it. If finances is holding me back, then I need to stop going out to eat, or I need to not take that trip, or I need to stop shopping, or I need to see where can I cut my expenses down so that I can afford to pay, not for my dream, but like for in this instance, pay for the knowledge, you know, if we want it bad enough, we will find a way to do it, but we have to want it bad enough. I wanted this bad enough that I was willing to go to any length legally. (laughs) If you want something bad enough, we have to give up something else to make our dream come true.
1: Very, Mm -hmm. very true. That is solid advice. Dana, you are amazing. I think the way you have worked this program is incredible. It's it's so amazing to me as the director of student success, one of the fabulous things I get to do, not only these podcasts, but I, I get to do testimonials with students who are out in the field getting booked and paid to speak. And one thing that is by far a consistent red thread through everybody's story is they took the speak framework, they worked it exactly how it was outlined, and they showed up for all the things, the one-on-one coaching calls, the group calls, the community, Mm -hmm. and they showed up for themselves. They showed up for their peers. They did the work. And you're definitely one of those students. And it's been a pleasure. I, I think you're amazing. And I thank you so much for sharing your story on our podcast and sharing your experience with our students.
2: Well, I certainly hope that a year from now or two years from now, I can come back and share more experience and we can kind of show this one which is like me at the beginning and then mm-hmm. the progression of where I'm at a couple of years from now, because sky's the limit. And awesome. thank you that, you know, you Mary Alice, you've been a great coach. You're there for yeah. me every time walking me through the, the, the web design or the the web design team, the speaker, real team, the, everybody the the podcast that you have, you know, on twice a week, a world of information.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
2: Thank
0: you. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps helps other people to find the show. Listen, we we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. And again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. we got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.